Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From NOLA Pizza in the NOLA Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rashidi, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rashidi. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you ask anyone involved in food preparation, what's the most important piece of equipment in your kitchen? They'll give you the same answer. Whether it's a Japanese sushi chef slicing a single sliver of sashimi or a French sous chef concocting complex cuisine, every person in the kitchen will tell you that the most important tool they possess is their knife. Not just a knife, but their own particular favorite brand and type of knife. And many people who take food prep seriously have only one particular person they trust to sharpen their knives. In New Orleans, that person is often Jackie Blanchard. Jackie and her partner, Brant, are the owners of a business called Catelier on Oak Street in Uptown. They also have a second branch in Nashville, Tennessee. Catelier is a cutlery shop that specializes in rare, hand-forged Japanese knives. Jackie and Brant work with over 55 different Japanese knife makers, and they also sell a range of other specialist, high-quality kitchen tools. Jackie Blanchard, welcome out to lunch. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. The tradition of knives goes back a long way in Japan. It can be traced back to the forging of swords. In a similar fashion, the tradition of fine arts and decorative pieces that beautify the interior of a house can be traced back a long way in Europe, and specifically in France. As you're well aware, if you live here or have ever visited, when the French settled New Orleans, they brought their architects who designed and built grand buildings. But they didn't stop there. They also brought generations of decorative style to bear on the insides of these homes. Valérie Legras is continuing that tradition today. Valérie was born and raised in France and lives in New Orleans. She's an interior designer who specializes in importing lighting fixtures from select French designers. Valerie's company is called Swato and Swato's showroom on Chapatula Street in the Warehouse District. You'll find what could pass for a gallery of art installations, but is actually a hand-picked collection of French lamps and lampshades. Valerie Legras, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me, Peter. Jackie, you didn't grow up dreaming about becoming a leading authority on Japanese knives. Uh, both you and your partner, Brant, were accomplished chefs. You cooked in Michelin star restaurants in New York, Napa Valley, and, and San Francisco. You were succeeding in a highly competitive field when you went on a trip to Japan and fell in love with knives. Uh, people in creative occupations like cooking often talk about the rewards of work being the art of creation itself. Chefs are into making uh, great meals, not great deals. Running a retail business seems like it's just the opposite. You're in sales. So where does the satisfaction come from these days? Have you replaced creativity with a different set of rewards in running a business? Or is there still a creative element to what you're doing? I think that, much like a chef, we source our ingredients similarly, um, like as you would a farmer. Um, a chef is very in tune with the farmer and, and what's coming in seasons and things like that and that relationship and the relationship is where th it all sort of ties in and I think it's the same that we source our knives in Japan 
when we travel there, we form relationships with these families that have been doing this for generations. Now, this all sort of trickles back to the craftsmanship aspect because um, while I did travel to Japan that one time that sort of set the fire behind us um, to sort of get into this, we were using Japanese knives in our careers. Um, you know, I was a small small town Bayou girl from Bayou Lafourche who um, you know went to culinary school at Nichols State and um, had an opportunity in Napa Valley right after Katrina. Um, I moved uh, to Yontville to work at the French Laundry and surrounded myself with people who um, were much more talented than I was, uh, who had been around long enough to be using these tools and exposed to these tools that these you know, sort of high-end professionals were using. Um, and that's what really exposed us to Japanese knives, I think, um, ultimately. Um, and your tool represents your work, certainly in Michelin star restaurants. Um, your, your cuts have to be so precise. They have to be um, pretty diligent and consistent um, with that. And we thought Japanese knives always gave us the best results. Uh, in performance. It's working. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, when most people need a lighting fixture, they go to a big box store like Lowe's or a specialist lighting store that has hundreds of lamps and lampshades to choose from. That's the exact opposite of your concept at Swato. All of your lamps, lampshades, and other lighting fixtures are single items handcrafted in France. You personally choose each piece and have it shipped from France to New Orleans. Appreciation of these pieces requires a sophistication of taste that many of us don't possess. It also requires a bigger budget than a customer would typically spend at, uh, say, Lighting Plus. Are there enough people in New Orleans who can appreciate and afford your French creations, or does your customer base stretch uh, beyond Orleans Parish? Well, um, so first, you know, I just fall in love in my life with two things, which was um, the transformation of space and transformation of material. And Is your husband in this at all? Because you need <laughs> no. to give him a plug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Um, and so basically, I'm an interior designer, as you said, and we had some clients that, you know, wants to just think outside of the box. It's, you know, and that's what you hire a professional in order to reach something, a level of design that you might not find, you know, on your own. And uh, when you hire an interior designer, you rarely, rarely go to Lowe's <laughs> or to this big company in order to uh, get something more elevated. And so as um, a French citizen, I moved here 16 years ago. Every time I was going back to France and I also continue to have my relationship with my uh, fellow designer and creators, I always try to brought with me, brought back with me, uh, cr you know, creation that you could not find here in the United States. And just because I want to bring part of my, you know, DNA and I, you know, <laughs> and also the, the the, the level, the bond between France and Louisiana and Paris and, and, and uh, New Orleans, I was like, well, I want to become the ambassador for these creators. And basically, we don't work directly to the uh, general public, we work with designers. And when you ask the question, um, is, there an, is the market big enough here in New Orleans, uh, we work with designers from all North, uh, North of America, and uh, this is how we created Swado. 
And basically we have a very small capsule collection that the general public can purchase. But when you make this search of investment, uh, you basically need to have the help of a, a, a professional because you, you know, there is so much moving pieces, you know, what the high, the, you know, is it the right size? Is that the, how far from the ceiling you're going to drop it? I mean, there is so many uh, elements that it's better to work with a professional. And that's how, you know, I studied the company Swado, which is the anagram of shadow. Now you want to give and people a few minutes to play with those letters. It does work yes, out. Yes, it okay, does work out, yeah. <laughs> and basically, it just uh, you bring the light uh, on the creators and you spotlight their uh, very high level of craftsmanship. Just like the, the Japanese knife, you know, it's all about extremely high level of craftsmanship. And I'm sure that the knife that you... Uh, offer is not the same price as a knife you can find on Amazon. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. They, uh, you know, I, we were going to do this show in French, but uh, <laughs> I, I took three years of French one and we decided to opt out of that. But it is, uh, you know, I want to ask you both a question that's pretty timely. Both of you have to deal with, with imports and it's a mess out there. It's the supply it is, chain. It is an absolute mess. What are you doing? I mean, I think for us right now, we we're projecting so far we were sort of dealing with this last year so we kind of saw this happening um, so we adjusted our buying schedules appropriately to make sure that we had the right um, inventory for the holidays and things like that um, we do have a great um, UPS account we kind of stopped um, doing slow boat imports because um, it's just a, a massive backlog um, you know tankers are sitting out at sea right now waiting to just unload at port so um, we've sort of worked around it and and a lot of our our Japanese suppliers have been you know working with us to make sure that they're getting us the product in time um, some some production has slowed down on their end um, but we really haven't felt much of the worldwide effects of sort of the um, the imports slowing down because we're using a faster uh, sort of courier service so to get our products, but slow boat to Japan, something like there that. There is a slow boat from I've always Japan. Always wanted to Absolutely. use that term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, Valerie, what about yourself? I guess you're. <laughs> are you personally carrying some of this back? Sometimes, no. Right. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> what I carry with me is samples. You know, when like last summer, I had to purchase an extra uh, suitcase because I had you know samples or, or mock-up we're doing. We were developing like a prototype, and so. But to answer your question, uh, since we also work with the trade, there is a very a much better understanding than when you want a st specific product. There is a lead times. Uh, every product, just like the knives, I'm sure, it's handmade. So it's a lead time to fabricate. Then there is a lead time to bring it here. Uh, you know, shipping is a nightmare, but we have to go. This is our service for these uh, little creators. There is no way these little creators in France or in Japan, I'm sure, will merge into the American market or North American market without our assistance. Without so you. this yeah. is what we provide the service. I mean, we, I'm sure just like you, we have our air, you know, just getting on yeah. the top of our head and just like, oh my God, what's going on? We have two weeks delay, three weeks delay. And then you, you have to navigate and um, it's, it's tough. It's very <laughs> tough. And I think that you, you definitely need to, you know, prepare a year in advance sometimes on our end. You know, we place orders upwards to a year before really? we receive product because these, these are handmade items made by you know master craftsmen so it's not a, a matter of, of scale and production that you know you place an order it comes you know oftentimes we're sold out of a knife that someone saw two months ago and they come back 
for for it you know around Christmas or someone's birthday and we're sold out of it and they just can't understand why we can't call our maker in Japan and get it sent right over it's just not how that works with you know the level of quality with these products the small production these craftsmen I mean many of these are coming from very tiny spaces all over Japan you know that we've we've traveled to you know we spent the better part of the last decade um, Brant and I traveling Japan to form these relationships so that we can get these products and we do get you know sort of um, favored because that relationship does matter in getting your products as I'm sure you know that in France and your clients are more um, mostly professionals Actually, it's it's kind of turned a corner. We were, you know, we, we opened this sort of with that in mind that we would be opening it for our, ourselves and our peers almost like selfishly because we were just not able to get those products for ourselves. Same that, for us, You yes. know, yeah. we, were, we were traveling to all over Europe, like I cooked in Europe, um, all over France. I was, you know, we also have, you know, French knives that we source directly from like Lyol in these areas that have this like rich history um, and it took us traveling there to sort of get that. In fact, the name Coutelier came from um, my, my trip to uh, Lyol in I think 2012 because I was going to, I was cooking in south of France that summer and I went to Michel Brasse, which is an amazing three, three Michelin yeah. star restaurant, which was just, you know, he was a huge influence for me, which led me to traveling to Lyol, which led me to see these knives being made with this amazing history that goes back to the Ottoman Empire um, through Europe. And just having, you know, these these little coutiliers down the street, you know, it was, it was like the... Coutelier Blanchard or Coutelier, yeah. you know, so whoever. It's, it's novel here, but it wouldn't be novel Correct. Over there. So I thought that name sort of always stuck with me, and I think, you know, people often say, well, why did you name a Japanese yeah. knife shop a French, a French name? But we, there is, there's a French connection. You know, my family's from France. Um, yeah. You know, See, there's a ma- an, 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 an yeah. amazing uh, yeah. French connection to that, and, and not just that, but the, also the aesthetic. There's the French and Japanese, especially like Michel Brass, has an amazing correlation with Japanese technique in his French food. So, you know, there was always this connection. Uh, it actually, in French, it means careful, I'm carrying a knife? It means knife shop. <laughs> knife shop, okay, that was, that was so atelier, close on that atelier one. Atelier is workshop, coutelier is knife shop. <laughs> you know, to, to, to bounce back to your, uh, one of our creators, she's also, she spent a lot of our time, uh, childhood in uh, Japan. So we work, uh, she works exclusively with washi paper. Right. So we are a French company, and we are an American baking company with a French background and with French creator that right. went just like Michelle Bra. She spent, you know, she's been very influenced because of her life. Right, carried her to Japan, and so we are on the same thing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> in the, in the, the second, uh, there's only one other location of Michelle Bra in the world, and it's in uh, Sapporo in Hokkaido, in the northern oh, island wow. of Japan. So there's just some, this amazing correlation between the two, and I think that's why it, it always sort of drew me into that. You know, with my classical French training, culinary school, and my career, and then the Japanese craftsmanship added to that. Um, we certainly wanted to bring that to the city. We were, you know, going back to your your question about, you know, how, what is the dynamic? Is it more professionals? Is it home cooks? It's now become more home cooks because, you know, we are in this dense population of very serious home cooks in South Louisiana, yeah. and certainly I came from that background. You know, every, every Cajun fancies himself as a professional cook at home. I would imagine. So they want what the chefs are using in in terms of tools and accessories and things like that. So I I think that's been a huge aspect to make that available for these home cooks who are very serious about what they do. 
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Jackie Blanchard from the specialty knife store Catalier and Valerie Legras from the French import lighting showroom Swato. Jack, I, I get uh, the logistics there, but with Valerie's, um, you're going to have to help me. It's B2B is what we would call it, right? The, uh, um, but are you, uh, do you have a, a say or do you have ideas about design that go into this? Or? Yes. Okay. So, uh, we, so the Japanese, the, the lady that I'm talking about, her name is Selin Wright. So she is, she already has her own collection. Uh, she's been established in France for about 20 years, and we do some. We're going to start some collaborative work, and we do some custom pieces together. Uh, we have other designers that are mostly. I start by the material. When I told you at the beginning, I fell in love about space transformation and material transformation. I start by falling in love with the material and what do I do with the material and light just transform the material. And so I design in collaboration with this because my background is you know interior and product design. So I have a material and I say, oh my god, I can do something with that. Let's do a light fixtures and we design together. A product. So some of the products are 100% product in France, and some are, I would say, 50-50. So I'm starting by the material that is product by these creators in France, and then some elements are made by an incredible uh, creative community here in New Orleans, and I try to blend both community and I think it's important that we support, you know, we are here in Louisiana, we are in New Orleans, there is an amazing creative community and give the opportunity to both communities to just merge together. So we work with a ceramic artist here uh, that we partner with a, 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 an incredible woman artist from France. Um, so I can give you names, but you know, yeah. uh, Sarah House is the ceramic artist here in New Orleans and Morgan Barker crew she's a French designer uh, creators in France. And then we have other um, metal worker here in New Orleans uh, that we work with, wooden worker that we work with. And then we have pieces that need to be made. And of course we can have it made uh, in, in France, but why not have it made here? What about this? This is the part I'm missing is when you, um, you work with an interior designer, do they tell you what they're looking for or do you bring pieces in and, and just you know, talk to them about it. So when you're an uh, interior design professional, you have two approach. Or you just take a product that is already existing and say, hey, this is what I want. Like like this morning, we had an, an order. They wanted eight life pictures. They know exactly what they want, bing, bang. And this is what they want. And then you have other, you know, for different projects, different budget, and also the le certain level of designer, the, the clientele want exclusivity. So they say, hey, here is what we envision. Can you help us with that? And this is where Swado also comes as a great bridge between the, the creators and the designers is we are like, we provide a service or helping them to understand what they envision and how can technically we can have it, make it happen. So and we are the liaison. Yeah, liaison, <laughs> exactly. And Jackie, am I, I'm always trying to find some silver lining to COVID, but I would imagine with people at home so much, did, I, I know your store must have, you know, must have had some difficulties and all, but that had to be a pretty good driver, wasn't it? It was, and it was pretty surprising because we sort of led into all this. Um, like you mentioned, we do have our, our second location in Nashville. Um, in fact, the first weekend in 
March of 2020, um, there was a tornado that ripped through East Nashville that um, our shop was miraculously spared. Um, It literally jumped, (laughs) seemingly jumped (laughs) over our shop and um, our entire neighborhood was pretty destroyed. Um, And then four days later, um, lockdown began. So that's how our COVID uh, experience sort of began with that in Nashville. Um, So bouncing back from that um, we were closed for a little bit Um, our landlords were amazing got us back up and running as fast as possible because we were the basically the lone survivors around Um, so it's taken up until now to really have that neighborhood sort of back but in that meantime um, when we started locking down you know we were terrified um, I'm sure as a lot of small businesses were um, but in a sense that we also had a product that seemingly lent itself well to um, the quarantine process for a lot of people at home because so many folks got into cooking um, when they never did um, which was a massive uh, surprise not really surprise but it was it was sort of um, an unexpected sort of uh, avenue to maintaining you know revenue throughout the entire uh, pandemic so you found that more people are cooking at home and and your biggest fear was you know well people don't have a lot of income but you know sort of things started shifting especially you know restaurant workers are out of work immediately so um, that wasn't the main drive of the business um, that we noticed started ticking up was the home cooks and you know folks who still could work from home who still had income sort of coming in um, and then our online store was already established, so we really kind of doubled down on the online store, and we were shipping coast to coast and around the world. I mean, we still do that now. So that that was a huge saving grace for us that we were prepared enough to pivot right into that um, and sort of double down on our um, our e-com now, services. Now, now, Jackie, you have a store on Oak Street, a very cool store, but um, and you've got a showroom, Valerie. But how how do you tell people about you? Where do you, social media? What is it? Yeah, I mean, there is a whole strategy behind, <laughs> definitely. Uh, the showroom is like, um, and I have, I, I have different vision on how we can develop a showroom, a better way to serve uh, New Orleans and um, Swallow a, a better way. Um, the showroom is more like uh, for, you know, content that we can take with pictures and things like that and for us a place to work and uh, uh, but truly uh, the true window today is what's going on on online and uh, you know social media and I have to say and all the SEO don't ask me anything about it this is not my expertise <laughs> but we, we, have, does, we right? have a fantastic team uh, and this is incredible like right now we are uh, kind of targeting um, Michigan and we're targeting like uh, uh, um, Chicago we have like the last week we have so many requests from the, the design professional in this specific area because we targeting that area so that's who you're um you don't need to have the rest of the world know who you are you just need those interior designers and yeah absolutely but i think you know which is very important and i think the narrative of the business would have been extremely different uh if i would have been located in another city uh because you know uh it's it's it there is a, a a bond here and and i really want to 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 surf on it because i think this is an amazing opportunity um so i like to really speak about uh uh you know again new orleans and paris and uh, yeah, and france and louisiana and and i think for um designer all over the country we all look for our roots you know everyone wants to see where we're from you know and, and i think um having a, a strong narrative is very important. 
uh, and I think it's it's just um, so yes I have a showroom but mostly it's online to and I think this is a town you know that accepts that sort of niche craftsmanship that niche availability to certain you know unique businesses and, and unique offerings and unique services you know this is certainly a city that embraces that in a way yeah. that yeah. I think a lot of other cities might not you, you know, know if you guys really went back to your roots uh, you come from the Champagne yes. part as of France do I, as do the Blanchard. really and Absolutely, you could have been a yes. sugarcane farmer could have been a sugarcane farmer we still have it okay could good still well, be a just not running farmer. it right. just not running it that's that's for the uncles to run we do um, you know this is the know-how from Louis XIV and Colbert and everything, but there is innovation in tradition. And that's where the, you want New Orleans to come back because of the new the innovation. This is why we're here. And it's <laughs> often in the same thread in knife making. It's, it's in an incredible history. You know, some of the oldest houses we represent started in the 1200s. So we have one family, the Moritakas, that are 31 generations they were that we represent. Makers, they right? were sword makers. In fact, they made um, during the sort of like their own crusades as the you know Christianity was trying to be imparted from like the Dutch and the Portuguese coming up through the southern part of Japan. Um, they were a very strict Buddhist sect of Japanese in that area who were just absolutely not having that um, that missionary presence. And so there were wars around religion. And the Moritaka family were contracted to make swords for the Daima, which were representing the Buddhist armies at the time. Were very violent armies, um, even within you know the threat of Buddhism. Um, so there's you know some families started you know in agricultural tools, but this family was actual katana swords used in war. I mean, we held these swords. It was. Do you a, teach history on the on the side? We we you really got this down. <laughs> we don't, but they, uh, this is this is a, this is part of what <laughs> we do. You know, it's really amazing history to articulate to people, and it you know the stories you know gravity for a lot of folks and, and, you know, the piece that they choose a lot of times. Now, Valerie, the thing that I was thinking about is you're, um, you're so, uh, you want to keep it small. In other words, you have a fixed number of creators and such. Is that holding you back or do you just, that makes you feel more comfortable? No, it's, I have a request for having more uh, creators, but right now I want to take care of them properly and I really want to nurture them. Uh, these people have, uh, we, we're very lucky in France to have uh, an amazing education about uh, savoir-faire and rooted in our history from Louis XIV and Colbert, and, you know, when we had uh, uh, Versailles and all the castle, and then we had to maintain all this uh, patrimony. And so we have amazing school and am amazing creators in the 21st century, you know, but these people are definitely uh, not... Uh, hold back in the past, but you know, with their savoir-faire, how can they transcend it and have it uh, uh, and develop it? And I, there is so many people I would love to take on board, but I want also to be very fair to each of them. And so, all the creators that we onboarding, we want to give them the best. And so, it takes a time. It takes time. Uh, and if we want to be fair to everyone, um, we have to take one step at a time. But this is amazing there is so many incredible talent that we want to bring in i think it's the same in knife making it's you know we have the opportunity to to have so many um, makers available to us it's a matter of picking and choosing and it's a matter of representing a lot of families you know you're such a personal relationship with them and in representing them in the right way and and not overextending yourself so that you spread it too thin um, but also that innovation from tradition you were talking about you know just like you know the moritakas are have transitioned into um, cutlery making for you know the general public, but 
in that sense, they don't really work with a lot of people in the world. We're just one of them. You know, we're very lucky because we went there and we, we showed up on their doorstep and we made that relationship with them. And those are the things that this is all about. You know, that pays off in the end. And representing that and bringing that tradition here and having that available, you know, to the, that, you know, the everyday home cook is an absolute treasure. New Orleans has gone through a lot of stages in its over 300 years of existence. We were home of opera, jazz, and European food and coffee culture. We had the busiest port and were the most cosmopolitan and sophisticated city in the country. Then the tide of history turned. We had years of out-immigration. Other cities like Miami and Dallas came along and dominated economies that we once controlled, and businesses deserted our downtown. For the last almost two decades, we've been changing all that. Now we're seeing New Orleans return with a different but undeniably resurgent economy. With it, we're seeing the return of specialization and cosmopolitan sophistication that, that comes with the growth of cities. Jackie and Valerie, your successful businesses are both indicators of New Orleans' economic upswing. 20 years ago, we would have had to visit New York to find a specialist knife store like Gatelier uh, or a French art lighting showroom like Swato. Thanks for having the confidence to build these unique businesses in New Orleans, and thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Absolute pleasure, Peter. Thank you so much for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jackie Blanchard, professional chef and co-owner and CEO of Gatelier in Nola, and Valerie Legras founder and creative director at Swato. We edited the show to fit into our time slot here at WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Jackie's knives and Valerie's lamps by listening to our Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, it's neworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. And today's show was engineered by Blake Longlinay. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Taproom, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Taproom has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Out to Lunch is brought to you by Basics Swimming Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. And by the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed. And at MitchellForeman.com. <laughs>